All right. Hey, guys. We're back here again with Cinema Subtext. Me, Alex, and Sam is back again with us. Today, we're going to be talking about the TV series The Office. We know that it's one of the top rated TV series that's out there. Okay, confession time. I feel like I need to be a part of some kind of a of a like a rehab group because I've <laughs> I've seen The Office like the whole series probably ten times to the point where I'm like listening to it on Netflix on my phone. You know what I'm saying? So does every other billion people in this in this world. They all do. Sam, you looked up the the airtime or the like the dates of the show. It ran like crazy long, didn't it? It was from 2005 to 2013. It's a crazy long running time. And I don't know about you, but like obviously Cinema Subtext, um, as a reminder again, this whole thing started as a, a class project, Utah Valley University, communication in mass media. Here on Cinema Subtext, we talk about movies, TV. So far, it's been television shows just because it's... Uh, it's just so much fun. We also are going to be talking a little bit about how these TV series are are affecting our culture, how we how we live our our lives. For those that haven't seen The Office, which if you haven't seen that show, engage in the culture once in a while. Morgan, <laughs> are you not a fan of that show? Oh man, I <sighs> I'm like a mixed feelings on this. I've only literally only seen episode or season one all the way through and then i have seen probably like bits and pieces of what my wife has watched this is making me very upset i know and that's what that's what she said (laughs) but uh i just i don't know it's hard for me to get into it um just because i feel a little bit there a little over the top um you know uh, with some of their acting especially um uh, Michael, you know, he's, uh, I just can't with him. I okay. don't know what it is. I, I can't stand for any more of this. I can see what you mean, but I mean, for those that haven't seen it, um, Sam, would you mind giving us a little bit of a rundown of what The Office is, what it's about, um, and maybe some of the main characters in the show? Yeah, so The Office, it's an American television show. Michael Scott is the manager of Dunder Mifflin Paper Company. He's a super funny guy. He's played by um, Steve Carell. Um, and everybody knows what, what he does. It just makes people laugh in all of his movies and TV series that he's in. What I think is really interesting about Steve Carell is I saw him um, in an interview. I think it might have been either. It's not Jimmy Fallon. They're friends. Who's the other guy? Um, Kim- Kimball? Kimmel? No. Um, oh, my gosh. What is his name? Colbert. Oh. Colbert. I think it was Chicago, I believe. that They were in like the same improv troupe together. When they were like in their late twenties, early thirties, they knew each other. They've known each other forever. He plays this funny, comedic person, but he's actually a serious guy. And so he was saying on that interview that when people come up to him, like on the street, they think he's going to be like you know make me laugh kind of person, but he's actually not that funny. Like he's not a funny person. He's kind of he's kind of a serious dude, and so it's kind of off putting, um, which I guess probably adds to how funny that show is. To but Sam, to your point, he's a manager of this paper company, and the whole thing is a commentary on everyday American life, right? They, so they're, it's a very I don't know the ti- the the style of direction, but you have this camera crew that's in an office, and the staff is aware 
that the camera crew is there. Right, it's kind of like they've breached the fourth wall, sort of. In in what? Uh, that's not true because they don't direct uh, address us directly. They're talking to the camera crew directly. Like there's times where they kind of look off camera and be like, "Hey, camera guys," or whatever, you know. Yeah, a little side side little, commentary. Yeah, a little, little side commentary, and they they uh, they've even made comments like, "I wonder why you're why are you choosing a paper company? It's not like anything exciting happens here." But it. It's hilarious the stuff that goes down because of the characteristics of these normal everyday people. Yeah, and I feel like that makes this TV series uh, relatable to um, 99% of the population because they've all gone through one of a job in their life that they can relate to this um, this TV series. You know, I think back to me like um, so I work at a dental office, have to deal with some of this stuff all the time. Different people how to how to relate to them you know it's 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 funny because you see these episodes and you're like holy cow i just did that in my real life come to think of it i bet that a dental office would make an amazing follow-up to the office because you have like the most ridiculous characters that come in and are so like po'd that they have to get their teeth fixed and you're like okay just brush your teeth more (laughs) and you're fine you know (laughs) yeah it's interesting and how do you how do you respond to that kind of thing? Like, do you just have to grin and it's bear it, or are there like episodes? Like, would there make it be good TV? Oh <laughs> no, there would be very good TV. I mean, there's people that come in sometimes where their tooth is broken in half and the gums have healed over, and they're like, "My tooth is killing me," and I'm like, "Yeah, no duh, Sherlock." The you're <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> like, yeah, like it's they let it get that bad. And to where they're literally dying to come in, you know, to before they come in. I want to meet that guy. Like, what made you come in with half a broken tooth? And how long is that? You said the gum has grown over it? Yeah. Which means that evidently the pain wasn't terrible enough. Oh, and the smell? Until it became. The smell. Let me get you. These masks that we wear, they don't do much for that smell. <laughs> I'll tell you. Oh, so it's not for smell is what you're saying. <laughs> You're saying these spit masks do nothing for the service <laughs> of the guy that had his tooth broken in half so long that the gum grew over it and is like, hey, man, my tooth hurts. Can you fix it, please? And Yeah, it opens up and you're just like, oh, my gosh, and you just almost pass out. It's, it's, it's a difficult, difficult situation. See, that right there, I think, is the brilliance of The Office. And let's also throw in the fact that The Office, I forget his name right offhand, um, the the executive director uh, executive producer of the show the creator of the show which obviously this is the american version of the british like it w- th- there was a uk office greg daniels i think is his name in fact i know that's it greg daniels so greg daniels is the executive director of this show he's the one that was like oh my gosh uk office hilarious let's do it here in the uk this same guy is the one that that um, was an executive director for um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, for Parks and Recreation, for New Girl. In the office, it, it's not as it's not as blatant, and it's not as um, inclusive in the beginning. You mentioned you don't like Michael Scott, and you mentioned he's kind of over the top. How do you mean? Well, just, you know... There's all these episodes where he is just kind of like somebody's talking to him and he's just like, eh, 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 and 
not listening to anything that they say or he'll say repeat things over and over again while they're talking or he'll make his jokes so you know but then he says those lines that are amazing you know that are just so funny and so clear when he's not trying to just annoy everybody in the office are you that guy that can't handle like cringe moments like awkward situations in in scenes you're just like Ugh. no i wouldn't say that it's just more of like when something you know is annoying me that it's it just sticks out to me over and over and that's like all i can see that's my where my ocd kicks in oh i see. okay because i I, I can agree with you. And there are moments where my wife, even, who's a big fan of the show, says, ugh, like, I cannot handle Michael Scott right now. Just go away. But one thing yes, I can't, exactly. one thing I, I love about Michael Scott is how genuine he is. Um, like, what, for example, when they do bring in um, that inclusion that we see, um, there is a character in that show, Oscar Martinez, who, who's played by Oscar Nunez. Right, which side note, something they do that is just awesome in this show. They include the characteristics and even names of the real characters in the show. Like there's a character named Phyllis. Right? You know who I'm talking about, Sam? Yep. The big fat lady. Right, right. And and Phyllis, if you hear this, all due respect. Um, but um but her real name is Phyllis in in in, in actual real life. And she was a casting director. Did you know that? She was on the casting crew. She wasn't even like slated to be in the show. And then they made a character specific to her personality. But in Oscar Martinez's situation, in season two, the director goes up to Oscar Nunez and was like, hey, so we're going to make your character gay. <laughs> and that's not what he signed up for, but Oscar Nunez was like, all right, let's do it. So season two, episode one, the title of the episode is Gay Witch Hunt because... It, and, and, it, and it begins with the HR representative, Toby Flenderson, played by Paul... Um, L- Liberstein. Liberstein, um, who, side note, also was not slated to be in the show. There was He was a writer. He is a writer of like the show. So a lot of the words you hear is Paul. Wow. Is Paul writing the script. But he... Uh, and it, it was his first time on camera. Really? Ever. And so Paul... Um, Lieberstein, Lieberstein, yeah, Lieberstein. Um, plays Toby Flenderson, this very dry, monotone HR rep, and um, he's getting Michael Scott in trouble for calling uh, Oscar, what's the term, for calling him faggy. Yes. Yeah. Right? He was like, apparently you called Oscar faggy for preferring a chick flick over an action movie. And Michael's like, but that's what faggy means, is being lame, right? <laughs> and he goes, no, 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 but Oscar's actually gay. And Michael's like, yeah, right? And he's like, no, 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 I'm telling you, he's an actual homosexual. He's like, right? I know. And Toby's like, no, no, I'm telling you, he's attracted <laughs> to other men. And Michael's like, okay, little, little too far, crossing the line. He's like, I'm telling you that he is an actual homosexual. And then it cuts away to the camera interview. He's like, I never would have called him that if I knew. You don't call gay people gay. It's just bad taste. You don't call retarded people retards. You call your friends retards when they're acting retarded. Right? But, but he's missing the point. The fact that culturally it's just not something that you should really say. But he's, he's just an innocent guy. Right? And so there's actually um, then the VP of the company 
Then the VP of the company comes out and says, Michael, are you aware that you outed Oscar today? And he was like, what do you mean? He goes, she's like, coming out is a significant moment in a gay person's life. When was this? Uh, season two, so probably what, 2006, maybe? And let's be real. Homosexuality was still an emerging thing. I mean, that's when that t-shirt, you know, Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve, was the thing. I mean, people were very uncomfortable with the prospect oh, yeah. of the whole thing. Um, and so they're almost educating culture by saying, you know, coming out is a very significant moment in a gay person's life, and they should be able to choose when it happens. He calls the meeting, and, and basically he comes in and he says, all right, everybody, um, I got something to tell you. Um, and Oscar, he's he's gay. And everybody's like, what? And he's like, Oscar is gay. He likes men. He's like, Oscar, why don't you just take this moment to just publicly come out to everyone? <laughs> he just, he stands up and he goes, yes, I am gay. I didn't plan on sharing that part of, of my life with you today, but there you go. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, in Michael's, in Michael Scott's eyes, he's trying to do the right thing. To help him. To, like, retract what he has, you know, made fun of him and about, you know, when he called him faggy. Yeah, he, he's trying to show that he's accepting, but he really ends up hurting him. It's hard. It's he's a making hard him thing. uncomfortable, right? Uh, and, and it's all intentional. Or it's all, or uh, what's the word? It's it's inadvertent Yeah. struggle, right? He's just, he's just trying to be a good person. Because I, I also feel like his, he, his social cues or just then social norms with Michael Scott just don't exist. I agree 100% with that, Morgan. The social cues are, are a little bit different. He's like a kid. Yes. When you say, because kids are innocent, right? Like, you know, four, five, six-year-olds, they don't, they don't um, define people by their characteristics or preferences. Um, and Michael Scott, he says things that get him in trouble because he doesn't mean anything malicious ever by it. And it, it 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 is it's a, it's a brilliant lesson. And in that same scene, um, he goes, "I want everybody to watch this." And he hugs, <laughs> he hugs him, and then he goes, "I'm going to show everybody how serious I am." And he goes in to kiss him, and he forces a kiss. And Oscar shoves him away, and is like, "Have you ever thought that I don't want to kiss you? You're ignorant and you're small." He starts attacking him, right? <laughs> But he's not like, and I guess by definition he is ignorant in the sense of he he's not aware of how it works. And and Michael just he goes, I'm sorry, and he starts to cry. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's like I'm sorry, I called you a fag. Just totally skips the he kissed him part. Yeah, and just is worried about that him thing. as a person. Yeah. And it's just guy, oh, that's what's so awesome about cinema subtext and what we're talking about. These are TV shows, guys. They're 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 created for. Entertainment, they're created for ratings, which is something we learned. Dr. Kim, if you're listening to this, we are listening in class. Ratings are a thing, right? And it's actually determining how valuable, right, the money, yep. right? That and that's up. really the motivating factor. But it is so amazing how they're, they're, they're lacing in social commentary into their, into their, into their writing. Kind of like how we're talking about, um, you know, if we look back from when they started in 2005 to 2013, is that? When they went through? I want to say 13. Yeah, 13. 2013. Um, in our society, a lot of things have changed. And as the times have changed, you know, uh, the show's become 
are becoming funnier and funnier, and they also are able to, um, the people that are watching are able to um, relate to their characters and say, oh, well, if they're being a little more accepting to this, you know, then maybe I should reevaluate my thought process as well. In reality, we're all just trying to get along, you know, and I feel that um, in our time and age, it's just so easy with the social media and um, to really just, you know, hurt people, you know, and I feel like the, the writers, they do a great job of trying to help build everybody up in, in our society. Totally. And they, and I guess in closing of the summary of the show and then, and, and in cultural issues, we'll get onto product placement here, but, but, um, something else you guys, when you need, when you check out this show, the office, it's on Netflix and I think it's on Hulu. Um, I know for sure it's on Netflix. Um, but you know what? I would even say it's totally worth buying hundred percent. Um, well, Morgan's smirking over here, but I say it's worth buying when you say, Oh, absolutely. Anyway, Morgan, you can forget you. Like I'm just saying. <laughs> Obviously, not everyone likes it, but I will say in closing, it, they're amazing at considering several different uh, walks of life um, where uh, there is Jenna Fisher and John Krasinski, Jim Halpert. Uh, they play characters, Jim Halpert and Pam Beasley. Pam is a receptionist. Jim is a sales guy. Jim is my hero because I think he summarizes every single person in their 20s ever right he's had big dreams of being like a, he's a sport he wants to be a sports writer he's a sports dude but he's a paper sales guy and he has bigger dreams than that and he he's a guy that's into routines eating ham and cheese sandwiches every single day but he's got bigger dreams inside that that he's pushing for i even feel that they have like there's specific times during the the tv series where he just pulls a lot uh, pulls aside and does a side commentary and he says you know, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing here, but you know, I, I mean, it's, it's paying my bills basically is what yeah. he's saying, you yeah. know, and then, and then it goes back into the clip, but it periodically through the series that happens. It's my favorite storyline because spoiler alert later on in the series, like closer to the end, he actually like a college buddy wants to realize one of their ideas about sports marketing stuff. And Jim considers that offer after he after seasons of doing the same thing there's an, a whole show where he is considering that and you watch the show and see what happens but it i oh i love it and pam is a receptionist who uh, is engaged to another man and so you're following this natural i would even say sexual chemistry but it's not even like a, a like a, a steamy affair of any kind they're just friends they're just natural good friends and the audience is waiting and watching i just love how it really shows um the viewers that best being best friends lasts forever mm, how do you mean because i agree throughout the but whole series you can see how their relationship was not i mean yes they were like well for 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 uh, jim he was attracted to her but she necessarily wasn't attracted to him yet that we could tell because she was engaged, you know, or, or, or even if she was, she was like, she was kind of uh, in a conflict, right? Yeah. Or burying or suppressing anything. But as it, as it, as the show um, matures, we see that that relationship leads to them getting married. 
happily. Yeah. Their relationship is just awesome. And I feel that it inspires um, the whole world, you know, to really find that person that, you know, that's going to help you um, accomplish your goals because that's what they do. You know, they both help each other. They support each other. Yeah. And so it's, I think it's a really th- hard thing in life right now as we were talking about the, the single uh, single guys trying to just find you know the next hottest thing but in reality you got to find that person that really is going to support you and be by you and and do the little things and i feel that that's what um jim and pam really demonstrate in in this series there is no position that the show takes right there is no there is no um anti-christian there's no pro-christian there's no pro-gay anti-gay it's just very natural that they include everyone's beliefs and opinions and like you were mentioning make it and prove that everybody can just be together i totally agree with you on that we can see in the other in our, the other shows that we've done um brooklyn 99 and new girl that they really incorporate a group of um all ethnicities or um back different back backgrounds and they succeed as as groups you know and i feel i feel that it's just teaching us that we can all get along really well and but we still have those people with just other views that just know my way is the right way which really in our day and age there's no the right way anymore it's the way that you, the way that shows success is the right way. Yeah. It's a real thing. I mean, we talk about it here on the show, and, and we're going to continue talking about it. Influence is a real thing, and and, and thank you, Dr. Kim, and and communications, you know, in, in mass media for this this concept of helping us understand that 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 influence is a real thing in culture. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're just going to wrap this up. Um, Overall, guys, the ep- the the TV series it is a good series. Um, it's just not my my personal Your flavor. Yeah, my personal favorite. Next week we're shifting gears. We're talking movies. Next week, Captain Marvel uh, is uh, just came out, right? Um, it, it just came out this weekend, actually, right? Yeah, on the eighth, March eighth. So we'll check it out. And we're going to talk about the same stuff. We're going to observe it. We're going to talk about what we thought of the movies, our subjective opinion of the movie. We'll talk about product placement. We'll talk about the um, its place in society and in culture. So we hope you'll join us for that next episode. Thanks for listening. We hope that uh, we helped you out somehow or some way today. And we'll see you next week.